having a practitioner that understands you or tries to understand you as best they can with whatever time that they have, right? They don't make assumptions about who you are without really kind of getting to know you and that takes time. So if you only have 15 minutes with that person, maybe you have half an hour, maybe you have an hour, all of that will take time to develop the relationship. Welcome to the Level Up Growth Podcast, the podcast where you can learn ways to take your personal development and growth a step further so that you can be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have. I'm Grace, a naturopathic doctor. And I'm Kelsey, a registered clinical counselor. We've both been on and continue to be on our own personal growth journeys. And on this show, we'll explore a range of topics that we can all use to level up our minds, bodies, emotions, and spirit. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Level Up Growth Podcast. My name is Grace. I'm a naturopathic doctor, and I'm here with... Kelsey, and I am a registered clinical counselor. We're so happy that you guys are still listening, (laughs) or that everyone is still listening. Thank you so much, because we really enjoy recording these. Yeah, and today we are going to talk about how to find the right healthcare practitioners for you. So this could be whether you're looking for a therapist or a naturopathic doctor or just like a family doctor, really anybody within the healthcare field and how to get the right one. Yeah, I hear all the time in practice how people, for example, don't love their family doctors, but they they need them because in British Columbia, we have a huge shortage of family doctors. And what ends up happening is they'll only go to their family doctor for very emergent needs, or they they need something very specific from them. Otherwise, they just avoid healthcare in general, which is not the ideal system that we would want, right? We'd want someone to feel comfortable with whatever healthcare practitioner they have, because whether you're a counselor, family doctor, naturopathic doctor, whatever, we don't want patients to give us the answer they think we want to hear. We want them to give us the answer that is the truth, right? Otherwise, how, like we take what you say as truth because we're not going to be here (laughs) thinking that you're lying to us all the time. Yeah, yeah. And and we ultimately just want to help you, right? And so Mm -hmm. the more we know, the easier that is for us. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And so- if the more comfortable you are with someone or the more that you feel kind of safe in that space with that practitioner, the more open you probably are or the easier it is to be open and be truthful about whatever health issues are going on. Mm-hmm. So that's why we think it's important to find a good fit. Yeah. And Grace, I think you brought up a really good point right off the bat is that we do have a huge shortage of family doctors in BC, which is such a problem. Like, I don't have a family doctor. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I actually had to go to an urgent primary care center this morning just to get something that I would have seen a family doctor for done, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, that definitely is an issue. And it, it is an issue when you're trying to find the right fit in that scenario as well, because like just getting one is such a struggle, let alone trying to get the right one. And yet it's still really important to have the right fit because you're right. I didn't even really, like the last time I had a family doctor, I didn't even really like him. Like I didn't find him very helpful. Mm-hmm. So he was not the right fit for me. So I wasn't even that sad. I mean, I was sad not to have a family doctor, but wasn't that sad that it wasn't him, you know? Mm -hmm. And if it's, 
if you don't really like them too much, then you're less apt to do regular check-ins to, you know, just do routine healthcare. You'd only go say if you needed something, which is again, not what we want. We want something that's more proactive, especially because we have universal healthcare in Canada here. So we want to take advantage of it and not just use it as a, you know, I need to refill my prescription. So I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. And I also don't want to make it look like we're picking on family doctors. Yeah, all. not at all. Not at all. Family doctors are great. They have a ton of work that they're doing. And they have a lot of pressure and criticism that goes towards them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, you know, just keeping them in mind as part of this, you know, idea. We also are talking the same thing where you're talking about looking for a naturopathic doctor. Like Grace, I remember one time you, you told me, like this was quite a while ago, but you said that people will just come to naturopathic doctors as like a last resort. Yeah, definitely. Like they, they run of options in conventional healthcare. So they look for something alternative to see like, Hey, I've tried everything. I'll just try this, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's completely fine as well. Definitely makes healthcare harder for that person because they, they can either expect a lot from you or they can expect very little. And it just kind of depends on where that person is at. Right. But yeah, yeah, most naturopathic doctors, I'm not sure if counselors do this, they'll offer a 15 minute meet and greet that's complimentary. And that way, and I think most family doctors or family doctor offices now are also doing that when they accept new patients, they'll schedule a online meeting with the patient. And then you just get to interact for 10, 15 minutes and see what your initial feelings about this person are. And I think oftentimes the the doctor feels like they're interviewing the patient. Hey, are you a good fit for my practice? But mm-hmm. actually it goes both ways. The patient is also evaluating the doctor or the counselor or the healthcare practitioner. Hey, are you a good fit in my life? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not one way like that. Counselors also typically do the 15-minute free consults. And, you know, the way I look at it as a counselor is like, yeah, this is a good opportunity for the the client to even see if I am the right fit for them. And I'm not really bothered either way. Like if the client decides that I'm not, that's totally fine. They're probably right. I'm probably not then. Right. And if they decide, you know, they hey, I want to take a chance. And yeah, I think you might be the right fit. But I always think even the the, you know, if they decide to book a session with me, it's I might be the right fit. It's not even like mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent because even with the 15 minute console, which I think is super important, you still don't fully know until you start working with that practitioner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And when you say you have an initial good feeling with this person after a console, and then you do the first appointment, and maybe you had such a great first interaction that you have such high hopes for that first appointment, and maybe it falls short. That doesn't mean that that person is not the right fit for you. It might just take some time, which is something we want to emphasize that change is really slow and there's lots of obstacles and barriers. So even if you have a great match with your practitioner, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're cured. And I think that's what people think. They think, okay, I have a great connection with this person. They have a lot of expertise. They can really help me. And all I need is a few sessions because they're so great. And so then I'll be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I find that so interesting because like on the practitioner end, it's like, well, 
depending on what's going on, you might need way more than a few. Some people only need a few for counseling, for example. Some people do actually only need a few sessions and they will feel a lot better. But most people need kind of that minimum 10 to 20. But, you know, a lot of people I work with who are people with like chronic illness and stuff need a lot more than that. And so also just kind of realizing that change is slow. And yeah, this person might be like totally great fit for you and change is still slow. Yeah. So it doesn't mean give up on that relationship right, right. away, right? All things that are going to be, I was going to say all things that are great take time, but it's so cheesy. So I was trying to reroute it, <laughs> but now I lost it. So everything that's worthwhile does take time. So it doesn't mean that if you haven't seen a ton of progress in the first three sessions, that this person isn't the right fit. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that's true. So then how do we know that someone is a good fit for you. I don't know about the right fit, sorry, but a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what we were kind of talking about before we started recording was the shared values or philosophy of care. Do you like this person? It's not just their approach, but kind of how they view healthcare or mental health care. I include mental health care in healthcare. It's just, mm-hmm. it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we also talked prior to this episode about yeah, do their does their care philosophy agree with you? Do you do you have a care philosophy? Do they have mm-hmm. a care philosophy? We talked about prior to recording this as well, the biopsychosocial model. Mm-hmm. So not just viewing your health as just your physiological basis, so the biological basis, but also how thoughts, emotions, mental health, coping methods, like they all play into your physical health as well. And then how the social aspects like our socioeconomic status, cultural factors, work issues, family things, how that also plays into health. Because I would say that's a more modern approach, even though it was formed in the 70s. I think now it's more so accepted by everyone that that is the more realistic and holistic approach to healthcare. But some people may not believe that. And so if you're a patient that does align with that way of seeing health essentially you hopefully would want a practitioner that also sees things in that light Mm -hmm. yeah and also if you believe in that approach as well then when you are sick you know regardless of what that is you're probably going to look at alternate like you're not just looking then to go to your doctor for medication you are kind of looking broader so like you would might be seeing like a naturopath right and you might be seeing a counselor so like example for my own life i was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease back in 2016 and you know initially i just went to like i got referred to a rheumatologist who made a diagnosis and initially I just went to her and, you know, she gave me medication and did checkups and ran tests and this and that. And she actually was a great doctor. She said, she actually suggested maybe I check out some alternative care as well. She said she's had other patients that was really helpful for her. So she actually mentored a naturopathic doctor, which I'm shocked. Wow, that's right? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she mentioned physiotherapy as, as another option. So I did, it, it took me about six, seven months after diagnosis to, to do these things. But I went and saw a naturopathic doctor, physiotherapist, chiropractor, registered massage therapist, and a clinical counselor, or I was in Ontario at the time, so psychotherapist. And all of these things together, really, and then, you know, through these practitioners making some lifestyle changes really helped improve my overall health and quality of life. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so looking at it from that biopsychosocial, like all of these things are important and we can't just treat the one thing and making sure that I had the right support systems. Right. So the social aspect, right. And who are the people I'm surrounding myself with? You know, what is, where am I living? Well, how does all that affect, you know, I had a little dog at the time and, you know, he's like, you know, very helpful in the social aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. And just having a practitioner that understands you or tries to understand you as best they can with whatever time that they have, right? They don't make assumptions about who you are without really kind of getting to know you. And that takes time. So if you only have 15 minutes with that person, maybe you have half an hour, maybe you have an hour, all of that will take time to develop the relationship. I have lots of patients actually that they... I'm like, just accept the family doctor. And this is, again, not a front against family doctors. But because, again, we have that shortage, I have many patients that have gone for that first initial meeting, that Zoom call. Most of these patients are females. Mm -hmm. And so they think the question that they often say they ask themselves is, okay, am I comfortable having this person do a physical on me? Mm -hmm. And it might not necessarily be that that person is male that makes them uncomfortable. It might be something else. And so just being aware of those things as well, understanding that maybe the reason that you're not comfortable with that question is just because you don't know them. And after two visits, you'll know them and you will feel comfortable. So I was just saying to these patients, maybe that isn't the best marker (laughs) or assessor, but maybe it is. I don't know. It's very individual and there's no really right or wrong answer. There's also no perfect match for a practitioner or like one single match that you could have. People will have many different practitioners throughout their whole life that they'll say, wow, that was a really great, you know, like fit for me, but then I moved and now I'm looking for another one that also is a good fit for me. There's lots of good fits. You just need to kind of shop around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's totally okay to shop around. Like, it's okay to have different consult calls with different people or to try out, you know, physiotherapists and chiropractors and that don't typically have consults, but, you know, it's okay to try one out and, you know, go for a couple sessions with them. And if you don't like them, that's okay. Go find, you know, try someone else out. Because again, it, it, it has to feel right for you and it you might not know right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might not know right away. So then I always get asked, oh, so then when will you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a solid answer for that. Do you, Kelsey? I think having, well, from a counseling point of view, I think having a good conversation with your counselor in this case about how things are going. So one thing I always ask my clients at the end of sessions is how was the session for you today? And I really emphasize that I want open and honest feedback. I'm not offended. I just want to make sure that it's the right experience for you. And that way I can also assess if it if it doesn't seem like it's going well for either of us or, you know, then maybe it's not the right fit. And that again, that's okay. And being willing to have that conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, like from a counseling perspective, that's kind of how I would approach it and being the client or patient, being able to give feedback of, I know there's always a power dynamic when, when you're like, you're going to this person for help. And so they are the expert and they should know, but you know yourself the best at the end of the day. Right. And so that's where I think that collaboration and back and forth is really important. And you can stand up for yourself and you can express how you feel about the care that they're providing. If you don't like the care, you can give them the opportunity to make an adjustment or depending on how they respond, maybe again, it's not the right fit. And that's a good way to kind of know Mm -hmm. again, after a bunch of sessions as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And even like for myself, I really like that you asked for feedback. You are open to that because I really value that. I want the open connection. I want the open communication. I want to be candid with my healthcare practitioner. If I give them feedback about what I didn't like or you know, I feel like we're not progressing or reaching my goals, then I want them to also receive that openly and not get offended because that if they get offended, it tells me something about their character, which mm -hmm. then I would say maybe, maybe we are the wrong fit because I value that candid feedback and the desire to get better without taking things personally. So I want that in the people that are taking care of me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The other thing I think is really important to think about, which is not talked about often is the kind of this idea of trauma informed care. So whether you identify as having a trauma history or not, most people do, if we kind of use a, a broader definition of trauma, again, depending what your definition is, but using a broader one, most people have some kind of trauma. And from a, a practitioner point, you know, always assuming that everybody has and assuming not in a bad way, but assuming like, I don't know if this person has trauma, so I'm just going to treat everyone as if they might and not asking anything that's very triggering or doing anything in a session that's very triggering for a client. So even like, for example, even if you're going to an RMT, they should be pretty respectful of, the, especially that first session where they're touching your body, right? Regardless of what you're coming in for and noticing, you know, how you're body is reacting to certain things like if are you tensing are you going limp right because those are different reactions that you may not even psychologically be aware of and then from a counseling perspective I always am very careful not to ask too much about client history I might ask some very general broad questions but never anything specific and you know from a client or patient perspective you don't have to I don't expect my clients especially on that first session to tell me anything that was you know more trauma related in that first session that is something I think that when people feel comfortable they can open up about that instead but I think regardless of what you know healthcare protection you're looking at that having that trauma-informed care is really really important yeah I agree and I think that you can well actually I was gonna say I think that you can tell when someone is more cognizant of these things but that's very vague. <laughs> and maybe you can't tell. So that's why I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that most people will judge themselves as good mm -hmm. judges of character. So they'll say, oh, I have a good feeling about this person. Obviously, that feeling can be wrong. But most often, that intuition can be right, right? It kind of guides us in that direction. Because the intuition isn't just that fluffy term. It's it's what our body's telling us based on previous experiences or our history and all those other things. So it is a somewhat informed, maybe visceral decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something to that gut feeling, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's not always accurate, but it can't totally be dismissed either. Yes, definitely. Anything else you want to add, Grace? I would say really take advantage of the complimentary meet and greets if practitioners offer them, even family doctors or other kind of alternative medical community, because one, it's free. There's no harm to you if you are, I don't know, you don't have time or you're limited on 
going in person to see this practitioner. You can do it via online Zoom or telemed. You can do it via phone call. You don't have to go in person, which can make it less intimidating because I do also find that quite often patients might be intimidated by starting care. Mm -hmm. So making the barrier lower by you don't have to come in person. We don't have to see face-to-face, even though that is nice can make it, you know, more approachable. And then once you speak to someone, whether that be on the phone, you can get a better understanding of what they're all about. And there's, again, no pressure. There was no cost to you. It just, well, it costs you your time. (laughs) But uh, I imagine you gain something from it too. I really encourage people to use those kind of meet and greets to evaluate what do you think of this practitioner? I totally agree with that. Yeah. Anything on top of that, Kelsey? The only thing I would add, and maybe this is a good thing for a separate episode, I don't know, but we're kind of talking about, you know, not giving up too quickly either, is that idea, especially, I don't know if this applies to other parts of healthcare, but in counseling, there's this kind of breakdown of what client outcomes are based on. And to kind of give everybody a quick overview, 10% of your outcome, like how well you'll do after therapy is 10% based on the therapeutic approach. So whether it's CBT or EMDR or, you know, psychodynamic, like whatever it is, it's only 10% counts for that. So it doesn't really matter. It can make a bit of a difference, but it doesn't really matter what approach your therapist uses. 20% is actually the therapist's skill and experience. So again, it's pretty low, but it, you know, definitely does impact, but it's only worth 20% of your actual outcomes. 30% comes from the therapeutic relationship. So this is why this is really important, right? It's pretty big number to like, make sure you have that good rapport with the therapist or with your counselor. Um, And then the last 40% comes from you as the client. So how much effort you're putting into coming to sessions and to practicing things and, you know, putting your, your own effort in. So I just think that's important to also recognize. Yeah, definitely. I love that so much, Kelsey, because If you have a good relationship with your practitioner, you're more apt to do the active changes that they recommend. And you might have heard people say, mindfulness is important, drink water, you know, very basic things, but you just don't listen. But if you have a relationship with this person, you're way more likely to actually go out and do it. Not because you want to disappoint them per se, but because you know that they're coming from a place of caring for you. It's not just a generic recommendation and they want you to be better and do better. Yeah, there's trust there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I'd really like to hear how people felt about this episode and if they thought it was helpful to kind of find the right fit or if they have any questions about anything that we have touched on today. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear if you've had bad experiences with the complimentary meet and greet. Any funny stories? Like, did the practitioner overshare? We'd love to hear that as well. <laughs> and yeah, any type of interaction we really love. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Make sure to connect with us on social media with your takeaways from the show, any questions you may have, and let us know what topics you're interested in. Your support means so much to us, so please subscribe to the show, rate, and review if you enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week on Level Up Growth.